I think the biggest thing that we try and prioritize for our kids is like raising emotionally healthy kids. So many of the problems that we see are like people can't disagree. Like people don't know how to have differing opinions. People don't know how to communicate what they want or what they need or what they feel. If we can develop those skills in them early on, we feel like we're setting them up for long-term success. Hey. I'm Young, a full-time dad and a full-time professional with the goal to become the best parent possible. The Girl Dad Show is my journey interviewing fellow working parents aspiring to be both good at work and parenting. I'm going to do this by gathering and sharing unfiltered perspectives from my guests. So join me as I research parenthood one interview at a time. Today's episode of The Girl Dad Show is sponsored by something I'm very passionate about, coffee. Blue Jean Coffee brings sophisticated coffee brewing straight into your home, delivering an elevated coffee experience all without having to make a trip to a cafe. They source their specialty beans directly from farmers all around the world and roast them in small batches just for your order. Are you ready to upgrade your home brewing experience? Blue Jean Coffee is offering a special deal just for my listeners. Visit bluejeancoffee.com forward slash TGDS to get 10% off your first order of Blue Jean Coffee. Oh, yeah. That's a good coffee. Awesome. Love it. Brandon, what's going on, man? Welcome to my show. Thanks, Young. I appreciate it. Looking forward to chatting. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. I'm really glad you're here. So let's jump right into it. So tell the listeners, uh, what do you do for a living? Yeah, so I am currently the director of customer experience for a company called Made In. Uh, We sell premium cookware, outfit, some of the world's best um, chefs, kitchens. We're in dozens and dozens of Michelin star restaurants and work with a lot of really, really well-known chefs around the world, Tom Colicchio and Nancy Silverton, a bunch of names that I'm sure a lot of your listeners would, would know. So we outfit the professional kitchens, but our core business is selling direct to consumer online. So I manage all of our service staff and make sure that anyone interacting with the brand has a really, really great experience, which is a lot of fun. Uh, year of rapid growth for the company. So lots of exciting things uh, ahead for us. That's awesome. Yeah. Can you share any of the big projects that you're currently working on? Yeah, we actually outgrew a lot of our vendors in the last year, um, just with COVID and everyone spending a lot more time at home cooking three meals a day and not being able to go up to, you know, the year Williams, Noma or Bed Bath & Beyond to replace cookware. That's 2020 right. was a crazy year for us, uh, which is great. So we outgrew our uh, existing 3PL uh, and just replaced them. Uh, a week ago tomorrow. So we're in the midst of a huge change and picking up and moving all of our business to different provider that's much more um, much more well-equipped to deal with the, the volume that we're going to see, uh, which would be great, but of course is a massive project. And then uh, we're really, really busy in Q4 as we go into holiday season, big gifting products. So trying to that ramp up hiring and staffing efforts for Q4 spikes that that we'll see as well. So in the middle of, of that process right now. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Yeah. Cause it is, even though it is, um, a, um, high level kind of restaurant, like quality grade cookware, you are going direct to consumer. So you're kind of fall prey to all the consumer seasonalities, like, oh, like Christmas shopping and all those things. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the level of urgency that people have around the holidays. If you order, you know, normally, you don't care if it, of course, it's nice when stuff is to you, you know, immediately in today's day of, of Amazon next day delivery expectation for most everything. But particularly around the holidays, it's like, hey, I, like, I'm, I'm going to mom and dad's house because I can finally travel again. Yeah. Um, and I need to have a, a gift for, for them. And so the level of urgency that our team faces is a lot higher around that time. So just making sure we're well prepared. I had joined the team um, the week after Black Friday and Cyber Monday last year, and we weren't staffed up appropriately. And so kind of jumped right into the deep end of kind of the, the chaos. Yeah. So working really hard now to make sure that it's a much more relaxed experience for all of our staff and our customers this this year. Yeah, that's really, really cool, man. And then um, do you have um, restaurant clients as well, as well as B2C? So is it B2B and B2C? Yeah, so we sell B2B. That was a big part of our growth strategy last year was on the B2B mm -hmm. side, but then COVID hit. And of course, the restaurant industry is hit really, really hard. So quickly right. had to pivot and saw crazy volume on the D2C side. Now that stuff, and I say now is we are back in stage five, I think here in, in Austin as we speak right now, That's but right. certainly restaurants back open, uh, you know, this year with, with vaccine availability. And so I had saw a lot of those folks we had been reaching out to for the previous year and a half or so really starting to reopen and, uh, you know, new concepts opening up. So that side of the business is definitely growing in a huge opportunity for us, uh, but also means product line changes as well, because what a commercial kitchen needs varies from what, you know, you, you need at home as a, as a, as a cook, as a chef. Yeah. And then do you, I mean, this is like kind of a random question because it has nothing to do with parenting, but uh, do you cook? Well, I guess it does actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah not so much. I'm, I'm the I'm the dish guy, so my wife handles the the cooking, and and I like something about the organizing chaos afterwards. Of like, yeah. I need everything back in its in its place afterwards. I love the grill. I'm also I maybe I'm just a guy, and like I love playing with fire. So any yeah. excuse to go light up a grill or uh, set up a, a campfire or something like that, I'm I'm all about. So I really do enjoy that piece of it. And I'm allowed to do that, and I'll rotate through every once in a while, but certainly learned a lot. And I think it's actually driven my wife absolutely crazy since getting the job. Cause as a director of customer experience, like we do a lot of educating our customers. Like we produce high performance kitchen tools and there's a lot of, Hey, it's not the product it's you or like, we need to educate you on how to properly use this tool. So of course I, I'm learning as much as I can. And so me being uh, kind of the, the backseat driver for my wife as she cooks, I'm like, Hey, you should really let that preheat a little more and then add the oil and then add the ingredients and like I'm kind of coaching from the side which I think has driven her absolutely nuts uh your backseat driving I, I know it has but yeah, it's like, no, like no, no, this is my job driver. I promise and she's like I've been cooking for us for the 10 years we've been married stuff so always funny. turns out great and she is she is really really great but me and, and my control freak uh wanting wanting I just want to help I want to help but uh, yeah. I don't know how much she actually appreciates my, my input in the kitchen. <laughs> That's too fun. And so tell me about your kids. How old are your kids or how many kids do you have? How old are they? And when yeah, you have yeah. Them? yeah, we've got two kids, um, both daughters, one just turned five, two weeks ago. And then Ellie is six and she will be seven at the end of the month. So almost two years oh, apart. Wow. Um, my wife and I had been married, it'll be 11 years in December. So I've been married for a handful of years before 
having the kids. Um, yeah. And it's been great. I mean, it's been an adventure as, you know, as a dad, like you think you know what to expect in a lot of ways. And then you have them and you realize like how ignorant and ill-prepared I was and so yeah. many ways and but it's so fun like and, and gets more and more fun as they get older and more independent and they're able to entertain themselves more it, yeah you're a few years ahead fun. of me you're definitely yeah. a few years ahead of me because i think i have two girls uh four and two and so i think you're a couple of years ahead of me but i have the same kind of the same kind of age gap hey yeah. this is like a totally random question but have you noticed that um you're kind of lonely as a guy in a house full of girls i i would have expected more of that if i'm honest uh, yeah. i'm I like my independent time, like my time to just kind of like check out. And I love for them that they're their best buddies and like they've got so many of the same interests. Like that's been really, really great. And we had this conversation a lot when we were pregnant with our second pregnant with Emma of like boy or girl, do we want a boy? Cause then we've got one of each and that'd be cool. Or, you yeah. know, we've already got everything for having a girl. So it'd be nice right. to like not have Cost to efficiency. Yeah, totally. and, like, <laughs> yeah. they, they would be able to, to really be buddies. And my wife has a sister that's, you know, three years younger than her. And they were always best friends. I've got a brother that's two years older than me. Like we were best buddies. So we also wanted like, Hey, if they're both girls, like that's great for them as well. Cause I feel like there's just a little different bond than having the same gender siblings that are relatively close in age. Um, so, uh, I actually don't mind it as much as I probably would have expected prior to having it. Like I've, I've really enjoyed being the, the girl dad and, and they're both incredible kids, which is, which is great. Yeah. I, I love being a girl dad too. I mean, obviously like the whole show is even called the girl dad show. So you right. obviously know I'm totally like, uh, in yeah. love with the moniker here, but, um, I was talking to my wife, like if we did have a third would we want a boy or girl? And I, and she like, she's like, well, we're not having a third, but <laughs> hypothetically right, yeah, speaking, yeah. if we were to have a third, she'd rather have a girl just simply because everything is already set up for yeah. them. Like it's just so much yep. easier because it's so much work having kids, you know, and, and yeah. then just at least that level will be easier to do. And so that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, are you planning on having a third? No, we're, we're done. I, I took care you're of done. that before. So we're, yeah, we're, we're good there too is, it, it was a great balance. And, and originally, like we had said, you know, but yeah, maybe we'll have like four or five kids. And yeah, like you get into having one. It's like, oh, wow, there's a lot to this. And we like the man to man where like I can go take Emma for some time, just the two of us. And, you know, Kelsey That's can right. go do that with, with right. Ellie. Like we we like the balance and feel like we can give them you know, enough of our time and energy and attention that it's a good balance for us. Um, and as much as we love being around other babies now, like the thought of going back into that stage of, yeah. you know, being diapers up all and, hours yeah. of the night yeah, yeah. and diapers and potty to like all of the stuff early on. Like, I just feel like as they get older and more capable and more independent that the thought of going back and starting all over again is not appealing. Although I love holding family members, newborn babies, like that's great and really fun. And then yeah. I go back and sleep through the night and my kids make themselves breakfast in the morning and like I can roll out of bed a bit before work yeah. and be good to go. Yeah, that's fun. So what was your childhood like? How did you grow yeah. up? Yeah, so I grew up, I had older brother, younger sister, uh, really great upbringing. I mean, my parents were really great and provided well for us that, you know, middle-class upbringing felt like we were always outside playing. Me and my brother were the two most competitive kids you'll ever meet. And like, I'd say we were 
a family where like expectations were just really high. And I don't feel like we were ever, ever like forced into stuff. I just feel like part of our family is like, oh no, like you just get good grades. Like you don't like, C's are definitely aren't okay. Like if you get a B, like, hey, like not really okay. So it, it was just kind of the expectation. My parents weren't interesting really harsh. Like that was just kind of the standard. Like we're active in the church and like we follow the rules and like we respect Mm -hmm. our parents and our elders. And my parents had a great marriage, like never fighting. Like it it was a really calm, peaceful upbringing. Um, And things came fairly easy for us. I felt like because we had this baseline expectation of performance that that's like all I knew. Like, so it was just fairly normal um for us which is which is great and and really enjoyed it and um yeah overall was was good but there's also stuff that when things are like easy and smooth like there's a lot of skills i didn't develop too around like how do i deal with conflict and you know i i didn't have like these traumas as a kid and like it's uh, trying to figure out how to how to disagree and like how to work on some of these emotional skills that I didn't really need to develop because things were great and smooth as a kid for me that, and I'm, I'd say this, and I'm married to a counselor, um, social worker now who is very emotional, emotionally intelligent and brings very different skill sets for me. That's very logical, very um, even keeled. She, she has this different range and and skill set than I do. So it's been really Mm -hmm. interesting as a married couple looking at, her childhood and mine and realizing like, Hey, here's some stuff I do really, really well. And some areas where like, man, I, I need to develop some skills and, you know, no fault of, of anyone in particular, but just recognizing that while I'm having to figure out some of those emotional regulation and, and these skills now as an adult that I didn't need to develop or, or didn't develop when I was younger, that as we think about what does it mean to be a parent together and how do we want to raise our kids there's stuff that we pull from my family that is great that I love. And we, there's stuff that we pull from her skill set and experience that yeah, we like love and, and try and kind of merge these things together. And, and what do we feel like is the best for, for our family, um, which Brand- continues to change and evolve. Brandon, like what, like what kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing that we try and prioritize for our kids is like raising emotionally healthy kids like if we feel like if we can equip them with the skills to understand what they're feeling what they're wanting what they're needing and communicate and problem solve and troubleshoot like at a young age that that's gonna that's gonna pay dividends you know in their personal life in their family life in their work life like you're having to deal with other human beings every day in a million different ways and i think so many of the problems that we see are like people can't disagree. Like people don't know how to have differing opinions. People don't know how to communicate what they want or what they need or what they feel. And if we can develop those skills in them early on, we feel like we're setting them up for long-term success and whatever success looks like for them, whether that's, you know, in the traditional business context, that is really important to me, whether it's as a counselor or a social worker, or just an emotionally healthy human being that enjoys their life um like those skills we feel like are so transferable and so important that it will take care of a lot of the other types of discipline and education that 
I think becomes a, a big focus for a lot of folks. Um, yeah. And I think that, I think moving forward, that's actually going to be a much more critical skill, right? Because as we start to like automate more things and we digitize more things, it, it seems like yeah. the logical, technical, tactical stuff can be trained and taught and if possibly even automate or digitize, right? And so True. the skill that yeah. may, may or may not, I mean, this is kind of like what all the pundits are saying, right? Is that like the skill that's going to be lacking moving forward is the ability to like connect with people. Sure. Right, that EQ and that ability to adapt to people. But I'm yep. actually kind of curious based on your, uh, your, your upbringing, like when was the first moment at work where you're just like, Oh crap, I don't know how to deal with this. <laughs> when did you realize that was a, that was a deficit from that, uh, you know, that very awesome classic, you know, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Um, I think it was probably in the, con- so I spent my first seven years of my career working in pro sports. I worked for the Orlando Magic on the service and retention side for like our premium high spend awesome. season very ticket cool. holders there. So very white glove, people spending six figures annually to watch what unfortunately is a lifelong Magic fan was some pretty terrible basketball at the time. Uh, but we worked long hours, like uh, high pressure, high expectations and um like I remember sitting in a meeting there with my, you know, senior director at the time and a coworker, and the coworker ended up in tears over some sort of issue that was going on, like the stress pressure of renewals and you know specific issue problem that had popped up, and like I just remember like a being so uncomfortable by that, um, and not really knowing what to do with that to try and help support, especially in that that context was was a bit of a challenge. Um, and I, the way I always justified in my head is like, well, I'm able to take the, like I viewed it for a long time as a superpower of, well, I can avoid the emotion and just look at the facts, just logically process and think and decision-make from that state of mind, which I viewed as a really, really healthy thing. And, and I think to a certain extent it is and can be, but there's also the human element of like, I need to be able to empathize and understand and feel and support. And it's true in, in business and being a leader and uh, having a staff, especially in, in my world, where like we're dealing with the 1% of people that are having problems and issues the vast majority of the time. We're not dealing with the 99% where they're super happy, happy and everything right. flew exactly. So like we're getting a lot of stuff kind of thrown at us that's not our fault, still our problem. And how do we dig into the human element of, of being there to support our customers or for me to support my staff and team? Um, and I think it translates directly as a parent too, of being able to support and direct and, uh, you know, be there for, for your kids as well, but trying to balance the logical side with also being able to connect and meet folks at an emotional level is also a really important skill. And I just recognize I, I could do the logical piece, but like, I didn't know what to do with the big emotional piece at that time. And certainly something I've worked on over the years. Which is really interesting because if you're talking about like the essence of your role and if, if I can even go so far as to say what you would say is your purpose in your role, I'd say a huge part of it is keeping your employees happy, right? Because Absolutely. they are dealing with, yep. they're dealing with the upside customers, right? And totally. so that requires a lot of EQ, um, much more EQ yep. than logic in a lot of senses, right? Because now you're dealing yeah. with people's emotions that are basically just getting beat up for a, a little, for lack of better words, for a living. Oh, yeah, in a lot of yeah. Ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you circumvent that? Or would you, or would you do, first off, do you agree with that? And then two, how do you do that? No, I, w- I would definitely agree with that. And I think that's all about kind of building a, a culture amongst your staff where people feel 
supported and heard and like i don't expect them to be robots i don't expect them to be logical and realizing that hey this customer is being a little ridiculous in this like forget about it don't worry about it like move on like there's times you're going to deal with someone that's really difficult and pushes your buttons and like it's totally fine like if you feel really frustrated and need to step away and like we need to support you and give you some some space and time and to tell you like that you did a really great job and handled what was a really difficult situation well like being able to provide that support and encouragement for them is really really big and also being able to remind people like we're not talking life and death like no one's sleeping on the streets like because we didn't take care of a specific issue mm-hmm. my wife was working with chronic like placing housing for chronically homeless vets so that used to always mm-hmm. be kind of the running joke in our house of like i'd complain about customer issues and she'd be like well like no one's sleeping on the streets tonight because someone didn't get something done so that always helps right. keep things in yeah. context and i try and That's remind right. our team as well because when you're living in these types of issues and questions day in and day out um it can feel like it's everything and so to help remind people hey we're we're talking pots and pans and knives and glassware like you know, that's right. It's, it's yeah, not the end awesome. of it. And, and trying to keep perspective, I think, is also helpful. Not to minimize what they're doing because the work is really important. And we take a lot of pride in the brands that we're building and the products that we sell, but also don't want to take ourselves too serious and things that. And I think that helps with finding that balance of support for, for them as well. Yeah. I, I, that, that's very reticent to some of my experiences in coffee. I was, um, uh, in coffee quite a bit and we'd always say that joke where like when things got really stressful and you just be like guys at the end of the day it's just coffee <laughs> right. like it's yeah. just coffee you know what i mean like we got to make sure we're having fun and, and incorporate yeah. you know some perspective here because you know we're not like you know we're not like doing anything that's going to be that impactful <laughs> you can always just yeah. brew another cup it's like you know sure move on but know? in building in building anything you know as a, as a businessman like you take a ton of pride in that and that is your everything that sometimes it is easy to lose that that context as well um which i think is is really important for being able to enjoy what you're doing and not completely stress yourself out and you know kind of burn yourself totally and you know, from, so from both ends so i know we kind of dabbled on it but how do you qualify success in parenting i mean for us i, I think we we try and come at it from the developing emotionally healthy kids and i think it's a moving target and i i think like in anything the more we learn the more we realize like we don't know (laughs) and and you start digging in and learning and um you realize there's there's just a lot there that i don't do well and i think it's a balance of being able to areas where man I didn't do a really great job in this situation earlier today and not beating yourselves up over it but also paying attention and recognizing and learning and being better kind of the next day so Mm -hmm. I I think as I look at kind of day-to-day success it's hey am I doing a better job today than I was yesterday or last week or last month and some of that is just an awareness and an ability to pay attention to what you're doing and not just go through the motions but I think a lot of it comes down to are my kids developing those skills where they're more and more capable day in and day out. And I think oftentimes we expect our kids to just be little mini adults, like they should know better, but they don't. They're kids. Like if if we're not teaching and modeling what a healthy 
human like adult looks like for our kids like they don't know what they don't know and i think it's it's easy to get frustrated expecting our kids to just know better but they don't and like in, unless we're teaching them those things and modeling those things for them um that's the only way they're going to learn and where those expectations come into play but brandon i guess this is the dilemma then right so then are you projecting your logical side more or are you projecting your emotional side more that you're kind of developing or are you letting your wife kind of parlay her emotional side more like what's that so, strategy then yeah, I, I would say my wife is absolutely the leader in the family from a parenting perspective. She she is just so much more well educated. She's the one that like is in the books. Like she's writing a, a book now on like peacemaking and parenting and like just pulling all of these resources that she's gathered from all over the place. And like she just constantly chews and develops and as a result brings me along in a lot of these areas. Um but I think my natural is absolutely the logical, which is a parent, especially of really young kids, like they're not logical. Like there's no reason no. you should be acting this way because of this, like that's logically right. doesn't compute. And I think that's where a lot of my learnings as a parent early on is like, I've got to have a different level of, of patience and grace with kids than I would have because like there's no reason you should be acting like that. Stop it. And and just going into like shutdown mode versus well, why are you feeling this way? Let's identify how you feel like and what we what we need to do. Like let's let's play this out. Okay, so you're feeling yeah. very scared right now. What's the worst that can happen? Like let's go there. Like let's talk through it and you know fi- let them kind of figure out and develop. How some successful of those... are you at this at employing this tactic? I, I'd say it's one where my wife does a really great job of helping call out when I don't. Um, and I think yeah. some of it is like, we've got to be able to model what we want for them. And so sometimes that's Kelsey saying, Hey, like, it seems like you're getting very worked up over this to me, you know, can, take a second to, yeah. to kind of figure out what's, what's going on there. Like it's, is it really yeah. about what she's doing right now? Um, so I, I'd say it's a, it's a work in progress and, you know, as the kids develop and grow, there's new challenges and things that they raise that I have to figure out how to deal with and that Kelsey and I have to figure out how to deal with together and trying to stay aligned on that is important as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly an ongoing process. I struggle with it a lot. Yeah. I I'm constantly, um, being not reprimanded, but definitely coached by my wife about like, Hey, like you can't just like say this than that or like these consequences, yeah. right? It doesn't work like that. They don't understand and they can't process it in that kind of linear fashion. And so yeah. I've been really, really like struggling with it. Yeah. I'm curious how, how do you and your wife vary on on those things in terms of of approach and uh naturally are you guys pretty similar in a lot of those ways or how do no, you guys we're, balance out we're polar end? opposites we're polar yeah. opposites like in every every aspect you can possibly imagine polar opposites we we like different foods we like different movies i mean we don't even watch movies because we can't agree on a movie that we both want to watch right like we literally yeah. just don't watch stuff together because it's just like <laughs> pointless yeah. um yeah we're like polar opposites and we're one of those unique situations where almost everything is completely um uh separated by our uh, sure. our you know, interests, uh, our personalities and all those things, but that's what makes us great. Yeah. And so it's really fun when it comes into parenting because she is definitely much more nurturing and uh, thoughtful yeah. and, um, and she reads up on it, listens to, you know, podcasts and, and, and research and all those things. 
Um, and I'm a lot more linear, right? I'm a yeah. lot more like I just kind of I end up I end up seeing a lot of my parents in the way that I raise yeah. my kids, which is I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but I can't stop until she points it out, and then she's like, sure. "Hey, like how would she? How would your kid even know how to respond yeah. to that? Right? Like you got to understand that they're not even." able to put context into that. So I was just curious because like I struggle with the big time because I'm very logical as well too. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, like this, this is what makes me successful at work. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, And so it's like a skill that I've honed for years and years and years. And now all of a sudden, like that skill is basically for lack of better words, useless, you know? And you're like, Oh, it doesn't even matter. You know? And so you're like, crap. So you have to like scramble to find new skills or hone this new thing that you've never really exercised, you know? Now, as a, have you know, and I realize that it too is probably a little bit early, but for your four-year-old, do you notice her kind of taking one disposition over the other? Is she she much more emotional and and you know kind of leaning more towards your wife in those ways, or kind of more along the the even keeled logical nature that that you've got? I I think that it's a mixture of both in some ways. I definitely think that she is very quick to understand things and she's very like sharp in the sense of like you explain something to her and then she'll put it kind of in the ecosystem of the world, which you know, you don't really expect a four year old to do. And so I'm like, Oh, that's pretty clever. So we got to keep doing this because I mean, she might be clever. We got to keep exercising that muscle for her because you know, what if she has the potential to be clever and we're not, we're not exercising it. Right. But then there's also like right now, like this week has been very emotional for her. Like she's been um, acting out quite a bit specifically towards me this week and, and really looking for more one-on-one dad time because I think she's getting, I don't know. Maybe I don't, you can tell me. I mean, you're you're kind of like a couple of years my senior in this, but she's getting a little jealous of uh, my time with Grace. Yeah. And so she wants more of my time, um, you know, singularly focused on her, which is kind sure. of an interesting thing. And I haven't seen her vocalize it so um, expressly, but that's hap- that's what's happening this week is like her just yeah. kind of like saying, "Hey, I really want more time with Dad." Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty emo- emotionally intelligent, wouldn't you say? I mean. Yeah. Kid, oh, yeah, so absolutely. Gets, so she's leaning more towards my wife in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah, have you ever sure. had an experience like that with your girls? Were they? Yeah, and, and I think it's more been the other way with you know my wife is there with them predominantly full time. I mean she she works some but does from from home. Um, and she's seeing uh, her clients counseling you know via telehealth. Um, but there was so much of the time early on where my wife's pouring into them like so much, and then all they want is dad you know, at times, especially with me when I was in the office and gone, and especially in the early days of magic, where like the work hours were ridiculous, that they just wanted dad, which was so hard for her at times mm-hmm. when they would kind of pull away or, or treat her um, with less respect than we would want or expect out of them, um, where they would kind of walk over her in some areas that, again, we had to be able to share how that how that feels for my wife and you know your intentions may not have been to hurt my feelings here but you know this is the way I'm I'm feeling and want to make sure that they're aware that their actions impact other people in different ways and being able to help talk through and, and educate them on some of that stuff there but yeah I think it's it's natural for kids to have this pull back and forth at times and to go through phases where either I just want mom and you know or a little harsh to, to dad or standoffish or, or vice versa as well. And again, trying to focus on the fact that it's 
about the kids and helping them understand those feelings and thoughts and wants and how to communicate that in a way that's healthy. Um, Cause it's okay to want mom and like be really attached to mom. Yeah. But totally. is it okay to be a total jerk to your dad? Or like, no. Like, so how do you help them identify, Hey, this is really, I'm really feeling like I need help from like, we just want time with just mom for a little bit and to be able to communicate that. Um, is important. Yeah, totally. I think that that's really great. And then have you always um, um, been going into the office predominantly? And then more recently, now you're just working from home? Yeah, I mean, prior to COVID, we're in the office full time. And first seven years of the magic, I mean, you're living at the arena. It's game nights, it's event nights, you know, traveling with the team some and taking clients. And um, for my clients that, you know, are in pretty important positions within their companies that just have the financial ability to spend what they were spending on their tickets are typically like running businesses during the week. And they're not thinking about basketball during normal business hours. So, you know, I was the guy getting text messages from clients at 5am on a Saturday and Thanksgiving afternoon. So even when I wasn't at the office, I was always on or felt like I needed to have my phone in my hand available to these folks at, kind of all hours of the the day and night. Um, so I had moved to a different role so that I had more time to be home with them and have a little bit more normal schedule when I left there and spent a handful of years uh, more on the growth stage side of business. It had been established enough that I was kind of outside the initial ridiculous hours of, of a startup. It was established mm-hmm. enough, um, but allowed me a more regular schedule. Uh, mm-hmm. But thanks to COVID, had a job change and joined Made in, in December of, of last year. And it's been fully remote, although we're working through a transition back into the office right now. I mean, this week was supposed to be our first required full time back in the office, you know, normal nine to five ish. But with things spiking again here in Austin, they've given us the flexibility if we still need to continue to work remote that we can. But we'll be going back in the office. I'll be really curious to see what that looks like and how that impacts family balance. Because it's been so nice that right now, if, you know, I need to keep an ear out for the girls while my wife has a client or runs to do something, they're old enough that they can do that. And I can still work and be super productive and get my stuff done. Yeah. And are they going back to school? So they've been homeschooled even prior to to COVID. We've had them in and out of a few kind of drop off programs for Spanish or, you know, a couple hours, a couple days a week. Um, so for right now, we'll continue to, to homeschool, but we're really just taking it year by year. We never really expected or planned on doing that. It's just worked out well for us so far. Uh, Ellie would technically be in, or sorry, my youngest would technically be starting kindergarten this upcoming year. And then Ellie would is like right at that first to second grade cut off. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's a, a year by year thing right now, but we'd love to find some sort of structured couple of day a week program to, to have them in. Um, what was yeah, the, we'll what was the impetus for doing the homeschooling? I think is we were doing a lot of the research early on for the younger ages, having more opportunity for them to learn by doing and playing and exploring was really important to us and something we felt like having them in a full 
six hours a day, five days a week, where it's it's much more structured and about what they're learning specifically versus kind of the self-exploration and a lot of the um, self-directed, I think in a lot of ways, uh, it felt like we could cover what we needed to cover. And when I say we, I mean my wife, because she's really been the one taking the lead in this area, help educate and, and walk them through what they need to be learning from a reading and math and, you know, the actual actual work itself without having to do that in such a formal structure for so many hours a day at that age. As they get older, like having that structure and that additional time to pour into the actual content, yeah, is absolutely great and important and we'll certainly have them in a full-time school at some point. Um, just what that so time looks in the, like. Got it. So you, based on your guys' research, you guys found that this is what you want to do in the earlier stages, but eventually you want that structure for them as their child yeah, and, kind of... and we looked into some of the Montessori schools and some of those things that were much more aligned with the the style and approach that we felt would be best for them at an earlier age and didn't find something that just fit us from kind of a lifestyle perspective, from a cost perspective. Like it was, we felt like we could provide for them what would be best for them early on doing it ourselves. And, you know, my wife, took a lot of resources and wrote a curriculum for them and, and did kind of a homeschool co-op with a few other families and kids for a handful of years when they were, were younger. And now that they're a little bit older, you know, have a little different structure for them and aren't doing it with other kids. Um, and we're in a, a new city as well. Again, we just moved in in January here. So don't quite have that same level of community and network here that we had back home. Yeah. Um, but we keep exploring other school options. And if we find something that works well, then we're totally open to to doing something more formal. Did you guys sooner or in the next couple of years we'll we'll just Did see. you guys move here? Did you guys move here for your job? Dominantly, yeah. So I mean my uh previous job, COVID hit the business pretty hard and they cut like forty percent of the company. So uh was kind of looking for the next right step and my uh wife's parents had made the move to Austin uh in the middle of last year and we were really close to them they lived in Orlando as well um which is where all my family was so we looked really hard at roles in Orlando and we loved the city of Austin and since they were here as well was the only other place we really considered because we loved being by family there and would have that option here in Austin as well and Austin job wise is just booming and was lots of great opportunity for the types of roles I was looking at. So although I was applying in both, just kept getting interviews in Austin. So we actually ended up going under contract on a place here, even before finalizing a job, just, you know, we had the flexibility to do so. And it seemed like this is where the doors were opening. So ended up landing a role before actually making the move and, and worked out really, really well timing wise for, for everybody. It's awesome, man. Yeah, it's great. And Brandon, I do I do want to make sure that we take some time to um, do my rapid fire questions. I, I want to ask the five questions for every guest. So I do want to start doing that right now, if you don't mind me switching gears sure. a little bit. All right, here we go. So what advice do you have for other parents and soon-to-be parents? I mean, I think for, I'd, I'd say that what you model matters more than what you're saying or teaching. So it's so easy for us to say, like, you need to clean your room, you need to make your bed, you need to brush your teeth, you need to, you know, 
treat your sister with respect. You need to, you know, be kind. You need to be generous. But if my room's a mess, the kitchen's chaos. If I'm getting short and snapping at my kids because they're being too loud or came in during a work call, but yet we're telling them you need to do these things, but modeling something different, like they're watching us all the time. And we need to be very intentional about modeling the things that we're saying are important to to us and that should be important to them and that we need them to be doing. Uh, and I think that's easy when you're sleep deprived and frustrated to, mm -hmm. to not do. And so I think it's a very intentional choice to try and model what you're trying to train and teach your kids, uh, but it's not always the most intuitive thing either. Nice. If you can go back and tell yourself one thing before having kids, what would it be? You're not as busy as you think uh, would certainly be one of them. Like I felt like we were so busy and had no time. And now as a parent, you're like seeing other people before kids. And it's like, you have no idea how much yeah. freedom and flexibility you have. So, I mean, I, I would tell myself to enjoy that extra freedom and be spontaneous and adventurous yeah. and, uh, take advantage yep. of that and enjoy it and lean into so that good. time with your spouse because that your time gets squeezed and going from being single to being married like your personal time just gets squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and as a couple when yeah. you have kids you're running different directions all the time that uh, it's really important to lean into that time together and enjoy that extra space and freedom it's so true I love that what is the most surprising thing that you learned about yourself after you became a parent? I always thought I was super go with the flow and like even keeled. Uh, but yeah. I realized that I do not do well with like chaos and messes and everything that comes with having young kids. And like, again, yeah. especially with my wife who is all about the Montessori stuff where you you've got your kids that are really getting in and making messes and learning by doing that stuff. Yeah. Like to me, just <laughs> for whatever reason kind of stresses me out. And I've realized that I'm not as even keeled uh, as I thought I was in a lot of ways. And I've certainly had to, to get comfortable with, That's you fun. know, the, the chaos at some times. It's funny because like the more I uh, interview you and learn about you, I'm like, I actually think we're going to be really good friends because I like everything you say. I'm like, Oh my gosh, yeah. that's exactly me. I, feel I don't want to go to the playroom way. upstairs. That's your space. You guys do your thing. Kelsey, like once it's in a decent spot, like, let me know. And the kids help. I mean, they're yeah. Instant anxiety. The moment I go out there and I'm just like, wait, what is going on? Why is there so many things opened right now? Right. But it's just um, clean yesterday. Yeah. How did it's like a hurricane. Yeah, but it's it's pretty magical, right? Because, I mean, there's a lot of, like, development that goes into, like, letting them explore freely and mess things up and try things. And I get that. Yeah. But it's just, like, the anxiety level. I can't emotionally stop it from, like, going, everything should have right. a spot. Everything should have a place, you know? Right. Well, um, and now it's so nice that at five and six years old, and really from when our youngest was probably three and a half or four, like, they'll get up in the morning and, like, make themselves breakfast. And, like, they know how to work the toaster and, like, heat up the kettle and, like, make their instant oatmeal and... That stuff that wow. early on, like she's four, like, why are you letting her like that's 350 yeah. degrees and we're telling her to go put her like yeah. bread in there and get it out without setting yeah. something on fire, or, you know, a trip to the ER. But 
man, it's so nice because they learn those things so early and now like I can sleep and like they'll take care of breakfast for themselves in the morning. And like, that's, that's really nice and is worth wow. it now that we're on the back end of it, but on the front end. Yeah. Nerve wracking, right? Yeah. That's amazing. I got to try, I got to start training my kids for that. That's amazing. Actually, I never even thought about doing that. That's awesome. Yep, it's, yeah. Definitely worth the effort if you can deal with Very the cool. anxiety of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's your all-time favorite business book? There's two that I really love. Um, one is Essentialism. Uh, I think it's by Greg McEwen. Uh, it's really, really good. I think especially in growth stage companies, there's always 50 different hats you're balancing and way too many urgent priorities. And, and for me, mm-hmm. it's just a really good tangible book of how do you prioritize the right things to have the greatest impact? So that's one that I, I probably revisit once a year. And I'm not a guy that likes to reread books. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one uh, is called Creativity Inc. Um, it's by Ed Catmull, who's one of the founders of like Pixar uh, and is an incredible book about innovation, creativity, and building a team and a culture of innovation where it's okay to go and try and explore and fail and how to do that in the context of like Pixar, like we all know the Pixar movies and stories. So being in the context of these stories that you know the end result of, but to see the process behind the development is just a really fun, interesting read. And there's so many good nuggets in there um, that I've been able to take into non-creative roles at all um, that, I think is highly worth the read and really enjoyable too. That's awesome. Yeah. I've never heard of those books. So I'll definitely have to check those out. That's great. Yeah. Um, and then my final question to bring us home here, Brandon, what does Brandon do when he's not being an awesome dad and an awesome uh, executive? So I'm, we love to travel and have even with the kids from an early age. So love to get out and travel, which has been tough the last year and a half, not really being totally. able to do that. But then for me, I love golf and that's like my happy place to go clear my head as a lifelong athlete. Like I can scratch that competitive itch of you always leave a few shots out there where you feel like you, you know, could have scored a little bit better um, being outside, getting a little sweat on because I'm from Florida and living in Texas now is, is always good for me. So much harder to go find six hours on a Saturday or a Sunday as a parent. So I'd certainly don't get out near as much as I would like. Um, but that's definitely what I would love to do with uh, a free day. If, if I had the choice to do anything. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Didn't know that about yeah. you. I feel like I learned so much more than I was expecting. This is so fantastic. Fun. Yeah. Brandon, well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to talk to me about my, you know, parenting and work. And I know that it's a, uh, um, I know it's a really crazy time with COVID and you're ramping up for a lot of new projects, but I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great, Young. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon, okay, brother? Maybe we'll go hit some balls together. Let's do it. Sounds good. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Girl Dad Show. We really hope you enjoyed that interview. And as always, please take a moment to review, rate, and subscribe. We'll see you next time.